Here we go. Welcome to the Not Sunday School Podcast. This weekly podcast is a new spin on traditional Sunday school for people either too tired, too lazy, or just with too many kids to try to make it up to the church in time. We want to reach our community with the gospel of God's kingdom by going further than our own church doors will allow. On this podcast, we hope to dig just a little deeper into various subjects than what we're really able to do during a weekly service. In this season of the Not Sunday School Podcast, we're taking a deep dive into the book of Acts. Wow. All right, so this is this episode is going to be sidebar. The sidebar conversations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's mostly because of poor planning. <laughs> we, we, well, no, this week was extremely busy for us. Well, just for our listeners, Josh, Alyssa, Nathan, Hey-o. and Ho. Oh, Hi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, John and Andrew can't be here today because I f- failed with scheduling. It happens, man. Ready to go. <laughs> All two of our listeners are very disappointed. <laughs> Actually, we have over 100 downloads already. Hmm. Like yeah. all together or per episode? No, all together. Oh, okay, that's less than Just on Spotify. <laughs> Listen. And then uh, Apple. Like 50 of them were Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep opening like ghost accounts. Yeah. <laughs> that's why there's 100 downloads for episode one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what are we talking about today? Because well, we're, we're, we're calling this episode Sidebar. We're going to step away from the Book of Acts just for this one episode because we didn't we didn't plan for the Book of Acts. But I didn't want to not have an episode. So I've actually read all the way up to chapter 10, so oh. I'm still good. Did you bring the gold stars? <laughs> yes, Alyssa, here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Sticker for you. Yeah. So I thought what we'd talk about today as our Sidebar conversation um, kind of... Uh, how do we study the Bible? You know, and since we're going through the book of Acts, I thought it was a good conversation to have. So mm-hmm. maybe we could start off with um, like questions, like what questions do y'all normally have? Like, or like when you, when you sit down to read the Bible, what's the most frustrating thing? I get bored. <laughs> you get bored? Like, wow. I know, but wow. I'm probably reading the wrong chapters of the Bible. <laughs> You what do you get mean the wrong Ezekiel. chapters? You have <laughs> to read Ezekiel's all wild. of it. Like, what wrong chapters are in the Bible? <laughs> She's just reading Lamentations. <laughs> oh, the ones where like this was the son of the son of the son. Numbers. Like, I get yeah. it. Uh, had all kids. genealogies. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm yelling all the time. Sorry. You are. You are I know, yelling all the time. No, that's why I'm being like, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> but what? your volume's actually kind of low on the mic, so you can. Okay, good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so I think what we talked about to answer your question was how to study the like how do you, how to study the Bible. How do you do it? I don't. You, uh, That's what I have the pastors <laughs> for. <laughs> That's what the pastor's job is. He studies for me. <laughs> no. Well, there's there's a few different approaches. The boredom thing. It. Don't look at me. <laughs> we're all looking at you, kid. <laughs> What so? What's boring about? I just have a hard time reading. Anyways, it's fine. So I think I think that's two different things. Like just sitting well, down to read the Bible. It's not really. This is my opinion. It's not the same as studying. It's not the same as like studying or like researching something. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Maybe like from like a I, Bible study kind of stand. You know. I think I prefer like if I was going to study the Bible with a group. I don't want to try to do it myself. Mm. So I get bored. 
But that's, I think, mm. just a me thing. Like a motivation thing. <laughs> yeah. Like if we're all sitting and I have a question, someone else will look up the answer for me and I get more from it. Mm. If I'm reading by myself and I have a question, I'm like, okay. You should pray about that. I turn the page and keep going. <laughs> so that's actually a really good point. Like <clears throat> when the, the goal is not, Christianity is not, not a knowledge-based worldview. It's not just about the reading, right? That's not how you have a relationship. Yeah. That's an aspect of having a relationship with the Lord. But your prayer life, if that's vibrant, I mean, you may not... Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, don't ask me. I know certain, like, scriptures that I like, but don't ask me where they are. I'm not trying to diminish <laughs> reading the Bible, right? We should. Well, but I feel like knowledge is, like, an important part of it, like, a pretty big part of it, because, like, in relationships, like, with your friends or family or something like that, and you know who they are, then you know, like how to love them, how to relate to them, how, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it goes hand in hand. I think understanding what the Bible means is more important than time reading it. And oh, here's, yeah. here's what I mean by that. Think about back in, you know, Acts, was it chapter eight where, you know, Philip and Philip and the eunuch, right? He starts running alongside the eunuch's chariot basically and, the eunuch is reading. Um, yeah, and he's like, what does this mean? <laughs> right. So it wasn't until Philip explained what it meant. So when the eunuch understood the word of God, that's when it transformed his life. Because he was reading it and it, there was no transformation. Mm. Right. He didn't meet Jesus until after he understood the word. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we should put a greater emphasis on understanding the Bible rather than just the, the discipline of reading Right. So I think that kind of segues, sorry, I'm punching the microphone. <laughs> that kind of leads into, um, I think we kind of, I can't talk today. The first point to kind of our topic, um, you know, understanding the Bible, I think uh, choosing a translation, there's so many different translations out there, right? Mm, yeah. So boredom yeah. could come from if you have a translation that doesn't really that word means. vibe with you. <laughs> Or do just like the ones that have like the this is the word and then like down at the bottom's like this is what that word means. I'm like, okay, we're keep on going, let's go. <laughs> and so you and I have had discussions about you know the different translations and how um well today you were saying you feel like there's really only one <laughs> bad translation. I wouldn't yeah, there's very few I would maybe not bad, but less accurate to what the original Greek Hebrew. I would call the King James translation. I'll say it. I hate it. I think it's dumb. It's a bad translation. <laughs> Whoa now. <laughs> I mean, there was a list of 26 words. I think it was 26 words or maybe even 13 words. It was like an off the wall number that the king forbid the translators to actually translate. <laughs> and they were only working off of three manuscripts, the Latin Vulgate and the Greek Septuagint which is just the Old Testament Bible. So they, they did now, now we have all of our translations are built off of 5,000 plus manuscripts that they've discovered through archeology. span Dead Sea Scrolls. De and... Yeah. They didn't even have the Dead Sea Scrolls back in 1611 when the right. King James Bible was created. Mm. 
it's not that there's no conspiracy, you know, they're not trying to hide anything, nothing like that. It was just, they did the best with what they had. They just didn't have the same resources. They just didn't have, and then, you know, the king was trying to be very cautious, you know, since they're trying to put books in people's hands, you know, that was Mm -hmm. one of the big things with the Protestant movement is, you know, making it the people's religion and not just a clergy religion that people had to blindly follow. So he wanted to be careful not to inspire any um, uprisings, you know, so certain terms, uh, I should have prepared a list of, <laughs> well, there, was there were some words. other there like socio-political issues going on at the time. Like, yeah, you know, like Hebrews weren't like anyone's number one fan mm-hmm. at the time. Right. Like yeah. one of the things in the King James translation was, if it sounded if it sounded too close to help me out here you know Hebrew roots yeah well not no not Hebrew roots but if it sounded too like Jewish they wanted to like swap it out with something that was and that was actually carry over <laughs> through you know the the Catholic Church yeah you know so I what is that there wasn't a lot of sentiment towards. What is Jewish the uh, translation that we got for the Bibles for the kids? Then, like the, uh, the New International Reader's Version, and honestly, it's I marketed. Use that one. <laughs> it's, mar- <laughs> it's marketed towards kids, but it is just a really good translation. So, okay, it so is. translation. The me. NIV, <laughs> yeah. I think, is a great. Just you know, mm-hmm. that's the translation that I teach from. Mm. Right? It's every day, and w- so when they're translating the Bible translation boards, they when they get to a word, there's a, there's a choice they have to make. We're either going to lean um, word for word, okay, or meaning for meaning, mm. all right? And I've, I've talked about this before. You know, there's um, idioms, you know, figures of speech that are used in the Bible. So, like, when Moses met face-to-face with God, the word-for-word translation of that is they met with four eyes, right? Instead of face to face, it's with four eyes. But what the what it means? That was just a saying back then. It was, yeah, they <laughs> they yeah. would have understood. Met with four eyes. They there would was only four that. eyes present. It was a private meeting. It was a secret meeting that Moses had with God. So when it says God, Moses met face to face, a more accurate translation of that would be, and Moses met secretly, or Moses met alone with God. Mm. It's he like met privately a, with God. A difference between like a literal translation versus a. Like, well, I wouldn't say literal. Okay. But um, face value. But I mean, if if it was My. like if they did put met with four eyes, like I feel like there would be some kind of cult right now <laughs> that like the cult of the fourth eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like people like read way too much into it when it was a simple like grammatical thing, you mm. know. Well, we've had that conversation before, you and I, Josh, of understanding the idioms and colloquialisms that how they understood it back then. When so that gets written. back yeah. into you know how to study the Bible. What what we're talking around right now is what can be summed up in context. The word context, understanding some context of the Bible. So there's some tools, just as you know, average believers that aren't going to spend copious amounts of time and money going to seminary or Bible college or something like that. And, or people who don't like sitting in just 
watching a three-hour lecture on the book of Galatians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for that. You can have some just like mm-hmm. uh, like a good study Bible. The NIV um, uh, has what's called the Cultural Backgrounds Bible. Um, there's the Life Application Study Bible, which is also mm-hmm. the – have a lot of, you know, cultural context in there as well. I think just like any amplified Bible. I so, think that's cool to have those little notes I like in the there. amplified. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the problem that I have with the amplified, not the translation itself. It's how people approach that translation. A word does not mean all of the things that it can mean at the same time. Right. Like the amplified shows you all these possible translations mm. of a, of a word. Um, but that's not how language works. Right. You know, when you use a word, the context in which you use that word is what that word means. Right. That word does not hold all of its meanings well, like simultaneously. how in English, tear and tear are spelt the same. So, like, you have to use context clues to figure out, are they talking about tears, like they're crying, or are they tearing something? Yeah, like, so... <laughs> Yeah, so when translators are translating, they... Oh, I already said this. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I don't know why I hit you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think the... So... I think the two translations that I kind of go back and forth on... Uh, not back and forth on, that I uh, bounce between um, is the New American Standard and the New Living Translation. So New American Standard, for me, is a great... Um, like when I'm going to do like word study or like actual like deep study. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about the New American Standard Bible is um, their verb tenses. They, they, they translate, you know, the, the, the verb tense more correctly mm-hmm. than some other translations. So I've got like my little Holy Bible app on my, you know, on my phone, on my tablet and everything. And I... I'm just kind of going through because I wanted to know, like, based off conversations that you and I had had about, like, well, you know, this is how this translation, you know, translates this verse, but this is what it actually, you know, contextually with, you know, within the the people and the time, this is what they were trying to convey. Mm-hmm. So I picked a verse, I forget which one it was, but it was one that we had talked about, and I went and I went through like four or five different translations, and just kind of clicked through. Like ampli- there's a lot on there. Amplified, New Living, like NASB, like, I don't know, a whole bunch of different ones. <clears throat> Excuse me. And those two, the uh, New American Standard and the New Living Translation were the ones that I felt like, based on the conversation you and I had, were the closest to those. To the, like, historically accurate, like, mm-hmm. contextually uh I don't think there's a single translation that's going to get you there. I think having a variety of trans this is where parallel Bibles, if you haven't heard of a parallel Bible, it's you have, you know, anywhere from two to four different translations side by side. So you can, and they're usually pretty thick Bibles. Um, and a real good one would be like, you have the King James, the NASB, New American Standard Bible the NIV and like message, you know, I forgot about the message. I like that one too. The the message is actually a paraphrase. Um, and I think they're paraphrasing the NIV. Okay. Um, so it's not an actual translation. Um, and then there's also the passion Bible. There's a lot of controversy over the passion Bible because it's new. 
Um, there's some question on how it was translated, the translating board, but mostly the questions are because the translating board was charismatic, mm. Pentecostals. Okay. So it's one of the only charismatic translating boards. Um, and they're not attached to any major publisher, so that people are cautious of that as well. Um, but the guy that, um, oh, what's it? Brian Simmons, it was the head of the board, but he was not the sole translator like some people accuse him of. He had a translation board. The guy is intelligent, and he's actually learned Greek and Hebrew and some Aramaic, and he hired other people who are experts in those fields as well. So... But the trans the it's an everyday English translation, so. Hmm. All right, so I think we covered like translations pretty well. Um. I mean, so for me, growing up in the church, when I'm reading through my Bible and like, I see something kind of like wild, I don't really think about it. I just keep going. So like, how how do you even know what to even? research like how do you even know what to dig deeper into you know what i mean mm. so for me when i sit down and study it's mostly in the context of school right now mm -hmm. or i'm preparing to teach in front of a group of people and so um we're talking about studying the bible not types of teaching but there's a couple different types of teaching um, a lot of what we see in churches around us the the pastor is teaching topically. Um, and in a lot of non-denominational churches, that's what you get. You get topical teachings. Like mm -hmm. topics of faith or yeah, stuff like, like that. You know, I, I, there's a theme behind it somehow. Mm -hmm. and um, But there's another style of teaching that you see more in mainline denominations um, and, you know, in like Bible schools and stuff like that, I, I really think should break into the non-denominational circles is what's called, um, uh, oh, what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> I just lost it. That's a great question, Josh. Yeah. Uh, exposit <laughs> expository teaching ah. as opposed to topical teaching. Um, expository meaning more exposition. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you cleared it up. I don't know if I did or not, but I... <laughs> it sounds like the same word to me. <laughs> well... And essentially what they're doing is they're taking a passage and it he leans heavily on what did this passage mean to the first reader and the first writer mm -hmm. of that passage. Mm -hmm. And then after we get that, we take that. Now, how does this apply today? Mm -hmm. Now, in Bible school, they don't get into the life application aspect of that. But in churches where they do emphasize expository teaching um, as their primary way of teaching, uh, there's always a life application or what I had a commander that used to say, give me the so what. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it has a, a so what at the end of, okay, so like take um, 1 Corinthians 14, um, 34 through the end of the chapter there where Paul is saying, you know, let the women be silent in church, blah, 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 blah. Well, if I was approaching that, um, if I was going to teach that in, as, you know, a, an expository teaching, I would, you know, read the full chapter or kind of set up the chapter and then read that full passage uh, within its context 
and then bring in some historical commentary or some historical facts, set up kind of the backdrop of Corinth, the church there in Corinth, why Paul is writing, you know, giving all those details. Now, a topical teaching is more just quoting verses to support your your point. Um, so, so maybe your point is um, God loves you and he's not judging you, right? So you're going to find all these verses that say God loves you and he's not judging you <laughs> to support your point. And it's more of like a um, psychological approach to, it's like, self-development type well, topic. Well, let me ask know? this. I think this might actually... Um, How to be a better Christian. Well, I think this will... I'll give you a hypothetical, and I think this will actually like kind of help the conversation of what the actual topic is, right? Was I droning a little bit? <laughs> no, but I think I want to like actually focus on like how to research, how to do a study, right? So, for example, <clears throat> you want say you've got kids, right? And they have recently been having issues with like lying, right? So your kids are like, you know- you Go have, all the way back to the Old Testament. <laughs> spare the rod, spoil Just the child. beat the tar out of them. You're not beating anything out of them. You're actually beating holiness into them. <laughs> You're beating the hell it out of them. takes a lot of so pressure. So heaven can come in. Yes. <laughs> all right, so wow. but, but really though, like we'll just use that for the example, right? Like- because this, I mean, this is not getting into details, but something I was trying to do, right? <laughs> I got kids, you know, some of them, they get to a certain age, they want to start being shady, start kind of, you know, <laughs> going behind your back, or whatever, and just like, or, you know, they're doing stuff and they're just lying, right? So I want to come from like the Bible. I want to say what the Bible has to say about lying. Why, like, why is lying not good. Why should we not lie? All right. So this is, I guess, like topical. I was going to say that sounds topical. So that's topical. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where like most people start with. They're like, they, they have an idea or there's an actual, like there's a topic that like will spark. They're kind of like, that'll be like they're the motivator right I want to know what God says about this. Right. So, okay. And I'll tell you what my approach was because I don't. I'm just a guy with questions, right? <laughs> I'm, just a guy. I'm just a guy with questions, right? So I pull out my Bible and I forgot the word. What's the study reference for Bibles? <laughs> it's the thing. It's not the con like con oh, a concordance. A concordance. <laughs> so it has a, a list of yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. And I, then different places you can find. The only word I could think of was cornucopia. And I was like, that is not right. Well, kind of close. It's so I'm gonna, holding the fruits of the spirit. I want to explain what a concordance is for a second. It's, it's basically an index of words. Um, and the, the majority of the concordance is, um, say you want to look up um, the word faith. You're going to find the word faith and it's going to have every location in the Bible mm -hmm. and it's, it's translation specific. So if, if you're reading out of a NASB, you need a, a NASB, an NASB, New American Standard Bible. NASB. So I have a Strong's Concordance that Pastor John gave me about 18 years ago. Oh my oh, really? gosh, really? With, it's King uh, James, right. Probably no, Pastor John. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's usually New King James. But I don't know. Grab it, Hope. I want to know. I'm curious. 
So he gave me a copy of the Amplified Bible with the strongest concordance about 18 years ago. It's very dusty. I, <laughs> why do you got to call me out like that? Oh, it's, it's, oh, no, yeah, yeah. The new Strong's something, something. I can't read it. Insight? And the it. Vine's dictionary in here. This is awesome. Yeah, he gave it to me because <laughs> I guess he had higher hopes for me Aww. than I had for me. Look at you now. Oh. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh. I wish uh, listeners could see this. <laughs> you know what? I'll take but, a picture of it and we'll post it on the uh, celebration <laughs> something, Facebook. I don't know. But. If people don't watch the I don't have or listen to the podcast, they, they would, would not even know. <laughs> well, cool. if they watched or listened to the podcast, then they would know. See, hey, driving if you're, if you're listening right now, share this thing, please. <laughs> <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> Let people know that we're here. Wait, how do you know which translation Smash, like, and share. It probably says in the <laughs> preface. So anyways, yeah, concordance. This is great for the listeners. <laughs> but so a cor- uh, the other half of the concordance is... It's actually, <laughs> so like the typical Strong's Concordance, people get confused about that. You're not, you don't have definitions at the back of that, you know, Hebrew words and then Greek words. All right. People will treat that like, oh, this is what the word means. Nope. That's not what's at the back of the concordance. Yeah. It's usage. Meaning this is how this translation is using that word. But if you want to know the definition of a Greek or a Hebrew word, you would need a Greek to English dictionary. Or a Josh. Or, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> More like an Andrew. Andrew's actually had formal Greek and Hebrew courses. Yeah. <laughs> what was that sound? That was so I'm loud. Very thirsty for water. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking Pepsi Cola. No, it's, it's water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's water in it. <laughs> sure there is. It says water. <laughs> water. Water. So, um, anyways, I just wanted to explain what a concordance I'm is. I'm trying so hard to get us on topic. <laughs> I feel we like are. we are just. So, my example, because I'm important here. Oh, yeah. oh, we're, wow. we're back on Nathan. <laughs> it's all about me. Yeah. No, no, but okay. But topical lying, right? That's, that's the. Mm-hmm. So, how would you go about researching that topic? If you want to just really. Just hammer your kids with guilt. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Your seventies dad is showing and you need to rein that back. (laughs) (laughs) You could go to that one part where we read recently in Acts where they came up and gave the money and they lied about it being all of the money and then he was like, No, you lied. That's right. Yeah, just drop dead. See, do you want that happen to you? (laughs) Lie again and God can make you just drop dead how would your mother feel i would not approach it that way god will kill you if you lie but fear and condemnation that's Mm. the no if i wanted to study about what god thought about a certain topic i would probably start with a concordance but if i'm using the concordance i'm also going to read those verses within the context of that passage Mm mm-hmm does that make sense? Yeah. Because yeah. just because it says lying, that doesn't mean it's the verse for you. Because <laughs> let's go back to the Old Testament where Abraham said that his wife was his sister and he lied about it and exactly. he didn't get hurt. His wife didn't get hurt, but the people that he went to mm-hmm. got like a plague or something like that because mm-hmm. they wanted to sleep with his wife. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting about that and why I wouldn't use that 
as an example <laughs> is because God never reprimands Abraham for lying in yeah. that situation. Actually, God was punishing the guy that um, Abraham lied to. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so I feel like the topical things can really can get you in trouble sometimes, you know. Well, and with well, just being aware of the context yeah. of that 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 verse. But then falls in. that turns into the other thing that you were talking about. The the what did you say? Expository. <laughs> yeah, that one. Right. So there's two other uh, theological terms where that it's important to this conversation. One is exegesis. One is eisegesis. So eggs meaning come out of, and then ice means to go into, right? So like exodus versus isodus, right? So in the exodus, God took the people out of Egypt, mm-hmm. right? But they had an isodus into the promised land, right? So that applies in this way. <laughs> Here's the so what. When we read scripture, we want to exegete meaning. We don't want to eisegete meaning. And the, the the trap that people can fall into with topical study only is because they're studying to a topic, um, you may start eisegeting rather than exegeting, right? Because you want to find verses that support your topic. You see the verse, it says this, right? Mm. Well, yeah, it does say that, but does it mean that, mm. right? Did I answer your question? Yes. <laughs> so I would start with a concordance. Like you asked, how would I how would I study topically? Well, that's the topic, but I'm going to read um, those verses that I'm finding in the concordance. I'm going to read the context to make sure that it actually is saying right. If it's actually saying what I'm looking for. Right. So I guess <clears throat> I'm not going to try to twist it to try to mean what I want it to mean. So, and I think that that's a great point right there. When you're studying and when you're researching, and I think there are a lot of people, you know, a lot of, you know, pastors, speakers, you know, whoever, whatever, teachers, they're guilty of cherry picking certain things just so just finding scriptures and presenting in a presenting them in a way that just supports the view or message that they're trying to uh trying to get across right i mean i don't think anyone's surprised by that mm-hmm. i think everyone's familiar that that happens mm-hmm. so as an individual trying to research sorry um on their own I mean, I think anyone can be like, could fall into that. Like, well, I'm, I read this, you know, I pull out a concordance. Basically, they have a lens that they're looking through and reading the Bible through. And they're they're filtering all of their things through that lens, right? Yeah. Well, here's some other resources. So we mentioned the concordance. You need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned a good, you know, Greek to English or Hebrew to English. And... Uh, uh, William Muntz has Muntz's um, Bible Dictionary. That is a fantastic Bible Dictionary. He's actually on the translation board for the NIV Study Bible. Used to be on, or the NIV translation. He used to be on the translating board for the New American Standard Bible. So the guy knows his stuff. And uh, his Bible Dictionary is really great. And it's got Greek and English words all together. 
Um, and he's going to give you the meaning of the word and its meanings, how it can be used in various contexts. And he, he designates. And so that's different than like what I was saying with concordance that just tells you, oh, this is how this translating board is using this word. Mm-hmm. Right? This is how they're applying this word. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, those two things in a good commentary set, um, the life applica- the NIV life application commentary set is awesome. It's really awesome. Uh, I also have a commentary set by N.T. Wright. It's a really good one. Matthew Henry's commentary is a fantastic commentary. Um, you know, but commentary really, it's another teacher's education that they're, you know, written down. Right. Like you said, you enjoy studying the Bible in a group. Yeah. That is another great way to study the Bible. That's how you know if you're getting off or not. Yeah. Because right. other people being... Accountability. Yeah, having the accountability of other people. So... Yeah, that's a good point. Because <clears throat> um, I was going to ask, when you're just... If you're just by yourself, right? Yeah, it's whatever your kind of like own personal beliefs, whatever, that's going to direct your leanings you're gonna find scriptures right that's gonna like support well this is how i believe oh yeah see i I found it right here that supports what i believe yeah Mm -hmm. but if you're doing it in a group then other people can be you know can challenge those views and those yeah because other people have looked at other resources read other commentaries hopefully so you've mentioned a lot of teachers so you mentioned a lot of resources and you know a lot of um individuals whatever but I feel like that comes off more academic. There's another way to study the Bible. Well, and that's what I was kind of working towards. Yeah. If you just let me get there. (laughs) (laughs) No, as a more, sorry, uh, more lay, layman, I guess what would be your recommendation for just someone who they don't have any sort of seminary type background or just just the everyday Christian? Yeah, someone who's not going to drop money on those sets like those they're not going to spend 50 bucks you know on a bible commentary or concordance or whatever Uh, i see what you're saying well first of all i think everybody should have at least a commentary you can buy a single volume you know concise commentary Mm -hmm. everybody should have that or at least have a study bible Mm -hmm. that has some commentary in it that's what a study bible is it has like I mentioned, the uh, or the life application has a good commentary. Life application, right? um, the Bible backgrounds is my favorite, um, but that's more for people who really enjoy history. I think. Mm. But you're talking about a historical document, the most hist- one of the most historical documents in our world. Yeah. Right. I feel like that should so be important to people. You may need to just get over it <laughs> and learn a little bit of the history of. Isaiah, if you're reading Isaiah, Mm -hmm. you know, know what time period he's prophesying, because then when he starts talking about things in his future, you don't think he's talking about things in your future and get all confused and start some weird cult (laughs) waiting to ride a comet into heaven. Because the things (laughs) in his future, that that was a thing out in Waco. (laughs) Was it Waco? I thought it was Waco. Haley's Comet thing? They all drank Kool-Aid? Was it, what was it Jim uh, Jones? No, 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 no. I that think was... you're merging two different cults. I think I am cults. too. There's, so there's been he a lot. He turned into a goldfish? <laughs> yeah, and he sailed on the stars and tripped the light fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, so... It was a mushroom cult. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Jim Jones was uh, Guyana. 
uh, South America. What was the Kool Aid guy? Cyanide. That's not important to That is not important at all. The it point is, is important because they were studying the Bible very wrong. They were. <laughs> I believe. And made a pie, and everyone died. <laughs> so usually, if you have a group that starts cutting books out of the Bible, that is cult-ish. Doesn't necessarily make it cult. It could just be some deception, but. If they start removing, oh, this isn't actually scripture, and this isn't actually scripture, you know, I think it's dangerous to start adding books too, but not as dangerous as actually pulling books out. Mm-hmm. So you should read the whole Bible. You read the whole Bible. You don't say. Well, <laughs> well, that's a rabbit trail from I'm what we not, were talking about. Sorry, <laughs> I won't open that can. It's not the time or place, but um, but just going back to what I was asking, um, as just like I said, kind of like the layman. I hope that's not like an offensive wit, like term, but just like I, what I mean by that is just someone who's, who the doesn't have a seminary type background, just like your everyday. Hope and Alyssa. What? Yeah. I've been to Bible school. What are you talking about? I went to a lot of VBSs. <laughs> you know what? Hope is more qualified than me. I've been to like two. <laughs> but, um, but um, <laughs> but um, having a good study Bible—that is the number one thing. What is going so, to church with other believers, or going to a Bible study, or a home group, or something like that? That's essential to make sure that you're not getting weird. Listening <laughs> to yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that shouldn't be said, but I feel like we do have to say it. Find a body of people who disagree with what you believe in. Well, and also understand... Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, In Ephesians Christian. 4, Paul reveals, you know, through the Holy Spirit, that when Jesus ascended, he poured out gifts to all men. All right? He made some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. All right? We he have... A, a distinction between pastors and teachers. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's a teacher gifting given by Jesus to people, right? And we need to honor that gift. And when we honor that gift, we receive the reward of that gift too. Yeah, so it's okay to not figure everything out on your own. God did not intend everybody to just be totally self-sufficient all by themselves and isolated. We were created for family. We were created for community. You can lean on the teachers that are... Uh, which now with the internet is, you know, yeah, yeah, it very easily more accessible. accessible. You should be listening to other teachers other than your pastor. So I do feel like that's an important point right there. John would say the exact same thing. <laughs> I feel like if you cannot listen to someone who has an opposing opinion to you, like you're not doing yourself any favors. Like, yeah, because sometimes we disagree because we don't understand. Yeah. And that should, and that is okay. And then that should like kind of. No, that's not okay. Well, no, no. Not understanding is okay. No, no, not under, like, it's okay to not understand initially someone else's point of view. But I think. You should seek to understand Yeah, you got to take that extra step to see why. And you're under no obligation. But listen. To agree. Understanding, (laughs) yes. Understanding does not mean agreeing. I can understand another person's side. I can understand another person's point of view. Where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm like, yes, I completely understand where you're coming from. 
I still disagree a hundred percent. I I took it was almost two solid years of trying to understand dispensational theology compared to uh, uh, father son theology compared to classical theology that's mostly Catholic theology and then Reformed theology. Uh, which is mostly like Luther and Calvin's theology. And side by side, seeking to fully understand these to the best of my ability. Um, and it's almost like as I studied one out, I would start to agree with it. Then I would study another one out and I'm like, oh, I kind of agree with this more than this. And then I'd study another one out and I'm like, oh no, those other two are bunk. Mm. <laughs> you know, and then I would study, you know, eventually what I, you know, have put the majority of my time and money into, which is a, a system called father son theology. Um, and to me, it's just the strongest argument, but I'd really tried to be objective and open to, you know, other systems. Does that make sense? Not, not everybody has to do that. Some people just want to do that, but understanding where people are starting from. Yeah. I think is important. And I feel like that's one of the biggest criticisms and critiques against Christianity and Christians is, oh, they're, you're just so close-minded. Yeah. Right. Right? And, mm. I mean, they're not wrong necessarily. I think there's there's a lot of evidence to support, excuse me, to support that. So this is changing in the body of Christ today, and even in non-denominational circles. But... um. Over the past, I would say, 50 to 60 years, our local churches have mostly been either evangelist, prophet, pastor, or apostle-led. And teachers have mostly been forced into Sunday school positions or into academia, meaning higher education Mm -hmm. universities. Right. And the local church doesn't value the teaching gift as much as what I feel they should. Um, oh, well, Pastor John teaches. No, he he preaches, right? He he mostly, his style is more of a, um, which this is not negative by any means. This is how God has anointed him. And he's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic public speaker. Um, I mean, I I'm learning a lot from him. I mean, there's a reason why I've, been coming back but he's not a teacher and he would say the same thing he doesn't teach ex- expositionally mm-hmm. right is that is that the right word what you're the you? one using it bud you tell us <laughs> he doesn't do expository teaching right um but that's fine he doesn't need to be who he's not right but i lean more towards that i really enjoy that some because we've we've tried to make church sunday morning church as lively and peppy and like a, what is his name? Tony Robbins conference. Oh, like you inspirational know? Like yeah. speaker. We need to hype ourselves. Motivational. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, we just, so it's, loud. it's hype, hype, hype. You didn't clip, but it Oh, good. Yeah, because so I was using mic dynamic. I had to lean back. <laughs> I, uh, you know, people don't want a teaching because they see it as dry or boring but oh, I yeah, think that's like in delivery too. Yeah, it it yeah. can be delivery. I think, and this is one of the things that I really appreciate about appreciate about John is I think he kind of does a really good job of going into both. He can. It's not that he can't. He prefers th- this. 
He, he preaches story, now better than he ever has. Relate to the story. And we've known John like over 20 years. Uh, the first time we came, this is way back in what, 98, 99 to God's Open Door. I was 12, 8, 8, somewhere around there. So a long time. Yeah, most a long of my time. Life. More of my life than not. Than not my life. <laughs> but, not, but the point is, is <laughs> I think we need to bring teachers back into the Sunday morning pulpit, right? We, the body of Christ, Jesus made a point to give the body all five of these gifts and we need to have them, um, we need to be receiving from all five of these gifts, including teachers. And here's the thing, the other four, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, need to be receiving from teachers too. There would be a lot less weird doctrine if they were. It's got to all work together, guys. You know, and... and people with a prophetic anointing or calling um really need a teacher in their life oh we don't have to get into that anyways the point is we we need teachers in the local congregations right if we don't have a solid mature teacher in our congregation then we need to bring them in regularly from somewhere else right Mm mm-hmm I kind of mumbled that word. I know. But you I was going to call regularly, you out on it, but you did regularly. it for me. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to be the only one like mumbling and stumbling over my words. Well, I get so excited and I think my tongue swells a little bit. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, apparently, according to, <laughs> according to Josh, I mumble all the time. Oh, you do. Jeez. Whatever. Speak up, shy Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I mean, I think those are all really, you. really great points. Uh, you know, the, the takeaway from that was this, is that how do you study the Bible? Um, you be in community with teachers. That's one of the ways, because one, so a true teacher is going to inspire you to want to know more. They mm-hmm. inspire learning, right? Everybody has had an amazing teacher at some point in their life. My mom. Right. And, <laughs> But when they okay, but teach, for real, though. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. When a teacher teaches something they're passionate about and they're knowledgeable in, they have an authority in it too, and everybody gets excited Speak about what. And you're excited, like I don't know why I'm that, excited. You know, now. I want to like learn that's more. great, and I don't want to like. I don't want wet blanket like what you're what you're saying, <laughs> but I feel like we already kind of like, I'm, and I'm, this is just me, right? I already rely way too much on other people to just see. That's the pitfall. It's not an either or. Yeah, it's but it but it tends to be, and that's the problem. And that's what that's why we have this podcast. You know what? Changing the world, literally doing God's work. (laughs) (laughs) Two listeners at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But can you not yell when you talk every single time? Like when you start a phrase, you're like. Well, I was going to tell you that it, how else would they know that it's me yeah. <laughs> starting this Nathan, sentence? Nathan's the one that yells. <laughs> I literally I called him <laughs> out yesterday at the lake. I was like, why are you yelling? <laughs> he can't hear guys. <laughs> huh? Okay. But. But we're getting him an ear horn. <laughs> <laughs> this is devolving very rapidly. Yeah. What were we talking about? Well, hey, do, Hope, do you have any questions? I'm going to put you on the spot. About what in specific? 
I mean, like, how to study the Bible. Episode. How to study the Bible. Well, I already said, like, I enjoy, like, group studies. Like, I want to read everything together. I want to mm-hmm. work it out together. I do want the one-on-one time, but I kind of do that not, except topically. I My one time is, like, prayer. Yeah. I don't read the Bible and then talk to God. Like, I want to read the Bible with us. And, mm, like, yeah. let's yeah, dissect yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like I need to, I don't know. I talk to God, and then we try to figure it out. But when do you, though? Excuse you. It's a personal thing. Well, here's another. God pray without ceasing. Here's <laughs> another really important method too. And this is, um, you can call it devotional or you can call it contemplative, um, where you're actually, you're reading, you're going deeper rather than uh, longer or wider, right? You're not reading, oh, I, I just, I have five minutes, so I need to read as much of the Bible as possible. Who cares? Right, that's not going to benefit you. Nah. Read one verse, and then use that verse to pray with, and talk to the Holy Spirit about, it and ask Him to reveal truth to you. Now, okay, if you only do this, you're going to get weird, right? Mm. Right. Well, the Holy Spirit showed me in this. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I prayed on this one verse for sixteen <laughs> hours. Sixteen years. <laughs> I prayed this one word. <laughs> and oh no, our battery's what, running low on the laptop. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. I think well, we got the charger behind you too. So, I mean, that's something though that I do like about like, um, can we plug like House of Prayer and Bastrop? Like, we yeah, can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I like uh, about that is they do take one scripture at a time and they do that. Yeah. That word watch yeah. and word watch. Yeah. So that's really cool. Like, so how would you tie that into like, Bible study research. Well, can you explain Word Watch? Because that's essentially yeah. what I started. Yeah, I don't to. really. I didn't mean to like kind of like steamroll over what you were saying. Oh, no. Lauren and David Hansel for I mean, our you listeners have already hit your seventy five percent. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Lauren and David Hansel, if you want more information or some like Word Watch guides, um, Lauren and David have all that. And then I wish I had times and stuff for House of Prayer, but that is amazing. That is just even though it's a group. You're going to connect with the Lord by yourself. Do they not you know? have like an Instagram or Facebook page? No, but Lauren and David have all the information on that. Okay. I'll get it and I'll plug it next time, like in a proper way. But anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the computer charger and plug that in while you explain Word Watch. Yeah, I want to hear more about what you were. Yeah, about so it's basically, um, you know, at at House of Prayer they do like the instrumental like worship and stuff like that, and they have music playing, so you can, and then they they give you, geez, Joshua. <laughs> Yes. I told the listeners what I was doing. Why are you so shut. loud? They know what you're doing. Just be quiet about it. Trying to just like running into me. I know. Can never give Alyssa her five minutes. Anyway. Hey, can you plug that in? Oh my gosh. We're professional. This is great content for the listeners. I'm a hot mess. He's a hot mess. It's fine. We're all a hot mess. This is my favorite episode. <laughs> Anyway, you take the one one scripture um, and you you focus on the one scripture. You circle any words that really like stand out to you. So it's a really stop it, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it, I know. <laughs> but I feel like that'd be very selective, though. Like the words that like stand out to you. So, so how do they? What go is about the that? verse in Ephesians well, where it's about the rooted and grounded in love? What is that? 
Ephesians uh, something. Ephesians one. So that one, that was the very first verse that I ever did with a word watch. And so like it, you, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. Like you connect with, with Holy spirit and you, uh, just dive deeper into this tiny portion of scripture and it's not so overwhelming, you know? You know, that's a great, that's a great takeaway because when you're talking about researching, excuse me, researching, researching the Bible, just focusing on like, just focusing on, you know, one or two verses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if we were talking about like the expository and you know, like topical, it can be very, it, if you look that up, you know, you pick any single topic, right? Right. It can be super overwhelming because there, there could be 50 plus scriptures that pull up when you pick up any, you know, single topic. But if you take just one verse that just stands out to you and yeah. you just like kind of meditate on just, that. Yeah, meditate, dive just way like, deep into it. You, you could read, you know, hey, you know, this this verse here, whatever it is, this kind of like struck a chord with me. So I'm just going to like pray on it. I'm going to yeah. think about it. And God's going to meet you halfway. It's like, I see you. So That's Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. An amazing verse to do this with. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians 3, 6. Do you want to read that one? Yeah, let me go ahead and read that. Yeah. So it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a really big statement. That's an amazing prayer that Paul has for the Ephesians church. Anyways, so that so the word watch is a, um, yes, you're studying, but you're also incorporating prayer and contemplation. Meditation mm-hmm. is the same word for contemplation. You're just thinking on the word, like the Psalms talk about all over the mm-hmm. place. To, to meditate means to to dwell on, to, to repeat it in your mind over and over again in your thoughts and to uh, ponder upon it. Like, well, what does it mean? The, the depths of his love. How deep does your love go, Father? Like, and yeah. it's, it is studying things, like, the scripture. When you're like thinking about that word constantly, like, I don't know, like when, you, <laughs> when you're pregnant, you see tons more of like pregnant people, you know, right? Or yeah. you're going to have a baby. It's like, stop. Stop touching her <laughs> mic while she's talking. <laughs> that to. can't be edited. <laughs> so bad. like, I know like that, when you're thinking about that a lot, a lot, it's going to come to you and like, you're going to see it more. So if you're like really thinking about like a scripture, you're going to start to see that scripture come alive mm-hmm. yeah, throughout definitely. your life yeah. more and more. Cause you're focusing on it. It's not just like focusing on like the words you're focusing on, like how it's actually happening in front of you more than you realize it. Yeah. Je- Jesus, uh, this can be applied to so many things. And I think if we grasp this as believers, our lives would be totally different. Jesus said that when we turn, when we, when, we turn our eyes to light. Light fills us. Right? I'm paraphrasing him. Um, but when, when we focus on dark, dark fills us. Right? 
And that's essentially what we're talking about no. here too, is you're turning your focus onto something and letting him fill you, you know, right. it's within that. Be yeah. brought to light more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like also there needs to be like checks and balances with, you know, uh, what is it called? Like diving into it and like feeling like you really heard God and you get this like spiritual encounter and you are, you have this idea of what part of the Bible means or what it means to be a Christian or whatever, but you have, you can't just like run with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, because, That's exactly what Nathan was saying earlier about. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause you, it's not either or just like go with it and then all of a sudden you're a cult. <laughs> yeah. This is not the I mean, you can. way. <laughs> oh, you can. Yeah, but definitely can. Not. But you I would say not. that even about expository teaching too, if that's all you ever do, yeah. you are honestly mostly trapped in the past. Yeah. And you're not applying the meaning of the word to your life. You know, and that that's a pitfall of that as well. So it's it's not in it's not either one of these. It's all of them together, and that makes a more well-rounded person. That's how I would. That's how I do study the Bible. You don't just sit down and study the Bible in two hours, right? You study the Bible over, say, a week or a month, right? Using all these different methods, right? And that's how you go deeper into God's Word. Let's let's bring it all in and kind of give it the the bottom line up. Well, I want to say this too that. Unless you have studied Greek and Hebrew, you do not know the language. I do not know the language. So I have to rely on other, people's who have, other people who have dedicated their life to knowing that language. Who have right. the actual credentials and That's if, a good point. to it. If yeah. they say it does not mean that, I don't care what you think you heard or saw or figured out all on your own. It does not mean that. Josh is talking like a C snap formation. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a good point because <laughs> acrylics on right now. Well, that's a great point though, because there's a lot of people who they'll read some scriptures and they want to interpret interpret it how ever they want to. And that's great, except for like what you said. Like you're gonna that's get weird just not vibe. what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like you who's... can try to you can try to cherry pick a scripture. And fit that into your narrative and try to push whatever trying to, uh, you know, sort of message you're trying to push. But if you take it back to the the source, that's just not what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my concordance said it could mean this, this, or this. Yeah, it says that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it means all of those at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the most conversations... I don't think that's proper grammar. No, that's not. That is incorrect. We're just going to roll with you. Keep going. Keep going. One of the conversations that you and I have had the most it was kind of on that thing specifically yeah. was like, that's just not what that meant at that time. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to bring something up that's a little controversial. Um, Cause John's not here to hit me and say, don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, whose podcast is this? It's, it's, Everybody, our podcast. Well, it's um, okay. it's all so six one is of in us. Isaiah and one is in Ezekiel. You get people reading just this one little, like four to five verse section about Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and one Lucifer is a wrong translation. It was <laughs> okay, so I'll just 
I, I is won't that gonna be another, explain like, the details of, it. of like podcast. This is going to be God. the next sidebar. I'm going to full Joe Pesci. All right. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the next sidebar, you know. Yeah. We're going to lose what five listeners we have. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is you, you get these four to five verses about Lucifer or son of the morning star, right? Which is the, the word for word translation mm-hmm. of that. Lucifer. Oh, God. See, it's going to get too deep. Yeah, it's, uh, anyways. Get some air. (laughs) People have developed this whole doctrine about Satan being named Lucifer over pulling these verses out and remembering teachings they've already heard from other people, (laughs) right? But they don't read all of that passage together. They're not looking at context. In both of those chapters, in Isaiah... Um, he's talking about the king of Babylon, and in Ezekiel, he's talking about the king of Tyre. Or maybe that's... Michelin flipped. Tyre? No, wow. T-Y-R-E. Oh, I didn't know they were in business year. so long. Was, no, no not, <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, my point is, is they developed this whole, like, <sighs> Satan theology. Satan's name is he's Lucifer, and, you know, <laughs> they, they take this... Um, really, God is... Um, insulting these these anti God uh, like aggressively against the nation of Israel kings, he's insulting them, mm-hmm. right? And he's talking about how pompous they are, and they think this about them, right? But people have taken those verses out of the context, the 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 literary in both of those literary context is the other tool that you use for studying the Bible. Right. You have to say in the New Testament. These, Josh, you're getting worked up. Hold on. These are, the no, time. Let, hold on. Let me breathe. Let him finish. <sighs> Gusfraba. Gusfraba. <laughs> you read a letter you like a letter. So like in the New Testament, you don't just start in the middle of a letter. So I'm going to be bold and say, if you don't have time to read the Bible, don't do it halfway. <laughs> I was going to say another term. You want to fully <laughs> You're about to Ron yeah. Swanson. Read the Bible. About to Ron Swanson this thing. <laughs> you, you don't, like if you wrote me a letter, I'm not going to start on page four out of six pages and read a couple lines and say, well, this is what he's talking about. You say that, but there's a ton of people who do that exact thing. Okay. A letter That's is a letter. A you read it from though. start to finish. So if you don't have time to do that, I wouldn't do that. Right. I would, you know, maybe do a devotional. Right. And have these other methods. But if you're going to like really read the Bible and try to understand what Paul is saying in verse five or verse chapter five, verse 22 and 23 of Galatians, if you want to understand what he's talking about there about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you have to read that in the context of the entire subject he's talking about. Right. And what would that be? We're not getting into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next episode. But this is how to study the Bible. Yeah. Right? You yeah, read it within its context. Absolutely. And I think that is a really great point. Read the whole word. Yeah. Read the whole, full context. Do not cherry pick just the verses that fit into what you are already kind of feeling. How, how, do, you, how do you study the Bible? You listen to this podcast. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> Like and share. (laughs) (laughs) Play us out, John. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Not Sunday School podcast. 
If you want to send in a question so we can try to answer it during one of our episodes, you can submit them to notsundayschoolpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send the voice recording. If you want to know as soon as our weekly episodes drop, then be sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, and smash the notification bell too. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. And also join us next week as we pick up our conversation and continue in the book of Acts.